If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe Bags. What's up, Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am your host, Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible, and with over 480,000 titles to choose from, you can get a free download right now and a free month. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash Rams showcase uh we are back after a a a kind of a long weekend here uh the rams did not play on sunday we did do uh for those of you guys that that were unaware we did do a a a review of the first quarter of the season if you guys want to check that episode out it is simply one below this one wherever you're listening to me it is just the one below and uh there also is a youtube version of that episode out so make sure you guys check out the ram showcase on youtube uh, for that episode. Pretty cool stuff there. Uh, we do have a game this weekend, pretty cool one, and uh, the first road divisional game for the Rams at the Seattle Seahawks, who are struggling, but sitting at 2-2, two and two, so they're at 500, and we know that they do have uh, some players who can make plays. So we'll get into that game here in a little bit, but first, let's take a look at some transactions. Uh, the Rams are no stranger to transactions so far during the season of this 2018 year, so uh, this week, not really a lot different. We do have a lot of transactions to get into. So first and foremost, uh, let's talk about the kicking, the kicking position. Okay. So Sam Ficken was handling the duties of kicker while Greg Zuerlein is hurt. Uh, that is no longer the case. Sam Ficken is out as the Rams kicker has been waived by the Rams and the Rams signed Cairo Santos, formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a name that most of you guys might recognize. But Cairo Santos is expected to punt or to kick at least for this week. So we'll keep an eye on uh, what Zuerlein is doing. Uh, he is expected back sooner rather than later, though. Uh, but with the signing of Santos, I said it immediately once I heard that the Rams signed Santos that that maybe Zuerlein isn't quite ready. So we'll get there as well. Uh, Dominique Easley has been placed on IR with another knee surgery. This is his fourth knee surgery in seven years. So rough going for, uh, Easley's knees. Uh, and, uh, I was going to say some puns there, but it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because I don't want to be mean. Okay. I, I'm a fan of Dominique Easley. So it's unfortunate he is on IR and I don't think that he's going to be a candidate to come back considering the Rams do have a keep to leave and Pharaoh Cooper on IR. Those will likely be the two gentlemen that the Rams pull off of IR. Uh, the Rams also did waive linebacker Carlos Thompson, uh, signed defensive end Javon Rollin Jones to the practice squad. He spent his summer with the Bengals and defensive back Lyndon Stevens also signed to the practice squad. He was an undrafted free agent this year and he did spend a little bit of time with the Saints. Also off of the practice squad is defensive end Marcus Martin, who has been waived. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, he was one of those guys. We did talk about him when the Rams first brought him on because he is an absolute, was an absolute sack machine in college, set school records, conference records, all that good stuff. Uh, he did have a sack in preseason and it was like one of those things where it's like, Oh man, is this going to be, is this going to be one of those guys? Uh, and it's, and he didn't really ever kind of develop into that. So unfortunately, no, Marcus Martin did not turn into one of those guys. Uh, some news for you guys. Jared Goff, uh, we know his week was absolutely incredible. 465 passing, five touchdowns, both career highs for Jared Goff. Uh, he, and he is up for the FedEx Air Player of the Week and also has been given the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. So he, he got that one already and now you can go vote for the FedEx Air Player of the Week for Jared Goff. The bust, as most people liked to call him just a couple years ago. Uh, the Rams do lead the league in pressures. 
I found that really interesting. They're 22nd in sacks with eight, uh, but they lead the league in pressures. And this stat, I had to look at it like three times to make sure that it was even right, that the Rams had 35 pressures against the Minnesota Vikings alone. That is insane to me. I don't know about how you guys feel about it, uh, but Aaron Donald did have 11 of those, and that is a career high for Aaron Donald, 11 pressures. And, of course, you know, we all know he got those two sacks in that game as well. Uh, Mark Barron, linebacker, is expected to play this Sunday versus the Seahawks. So this will be the first game that Mark Barron is back for the Rams. First time touching the field in 2018. So that's pretty cool stuff. Uh, Mark Barron, if you guys follow the Rams on Snapchat, anything like that, he you, you can see him. They're doing drills and stuff. And, and I took screenshots because I love me some Mark Barron. And I am so excited to see this guy back on the field. I think it's going to be awesome. And it's kind of nice also because just in case Mark Barron maybe gets a little tired, maybe uh, maybe his Achilles flares up a little bit, anything like that, I do feel decently confident in guys like Rameek Wilson who are Mark Barron's backup. So I don't think it'll be insane uh, no matter what happens with Barron. But I, per, I, for one, am excited to see Mark Barron back. I know a lot of people are mentioning, uh, I just kind of see it in Rams groups, that Mark Barron, you know, he's not a big enough guy to be a middle linebacker and all this stuff. Mark Barron, though, when he's on the field, he's one of the Rams' leading tacklers. And I would say because he was always kind of battling for that role with Alec Ogletree, I would say that now that Alec Ogletree is gone, and this really is Mark Barron's defense as far as the linebacker position goes, I would say Mark Barron is that tackling guy. He's going to be the one that's in on all those tackles. Uh, kind of, I have the same confidence in, in Barron making tackles as I do like LaMarcus Joyner. Just, he, they may not have that kind of stereotypical, you know, size or anything like that of, of what you would expect somebody who's awesome at tackles to bring. Uh, but they get it done. Uh, their technique is absolutely incredible. So Mark Barron expected to come back and that's pretty cool news. Uh, Greg Zerline not expected to play this week against the Seahawks. I'm hearing that he is close. Uh, and, uh, basically what we're hearing is that they don't want to rush him back. And that's why Santos was brought in. Uh, I, I find this a little bit interesting that Santos was brought in ahead of Ficken, even though Zerline is close. I figured that maybe the Rams would have that mindset of like, well, it's just one more game kind of thing. But in a division game, division games are always tough. So uh, having a, a solid kicker is is never a bad thing. That's never No one's ever been mad that they've had an awesome kicker or a kicker making field goals. So that's good stuff there. Uh, this this report did come out uh, shortly after the Thursday night game. Robert Woods' home was burglarized during that Thursday game, and arrests have been made. I've heard four arrests. Uh, I, I originally heard it was three guys, but I did hear that. Uh, but arrests have been made, and these same burglars are tied to the the Yasiel uh, Puig burglaries, uh, Christina Million burglaries, uh, and also. When when police went into one of these gentlemen's homes to arrest them, they found a list of other celebrities uh, that these gentlemen were planning on breaking into their homes. Uh, two of those being LeBron James, newly of the Los Angeles Lakers, and then we all know Matt Damon. So uh, those guys were those were the two other targets. So a really really awesome that, that the police were able to to stop this. Uh, it's unfortunate that this had to happen to guys that a lot of Los Angeles fans are really big on, you know, like Puig, even Rihanna was was one of them as well. Uh, but Robert Woods and then uh, obviously LeBron James, you know, big names. So uh, it's really awesome that they were able to put a stop to that. Uh, celebrity home break-ins have been kind of a, an issue in Los Angeles. Uh, Wiz Khalifa's home was broken into and Post Malone's old home was broken into. He doesn't live there anymore, but his old home was broken into so hopefully this kind of simmers down because this is not cool stuff you know these guys are you know a lot of people like to say that a lot of these guys are overpaid and all this stuff but uh you know i don't i i, I disagree well, i'll just put it that way i won't go too crazy into it but i disagree that these guys are overpaid uh, because we're paying to watch them do what they do until people are willing to watch <laughs> to pay to watch me do my job uh, then i'm okay with it I'm okay with them making more money than me. So that's just kind of how that is. Uh, but really unfortunate. I mean, these guys are just working hard. Uh, Robert Woods was just at the game, having a good time, catching a bunch of footballs and stuff, and he had no idea there was people in his home stealing his stuff. So just really unfortunate. But I'm really glad that these guys 
were caught and hopefully this puts more of an end to this because uh, that's never a cool thing. Uh, since the year 2000, I found this an interesting stat. Uh, the only team to win a Super Bowl after being the last remaining undefeated team is the 2006 Colts. So maybe it's not necessarily a good thing that the Rams are the only NFC team that's still undefeated. Of course, we do have the Chiefs in the AFC as the the two lone undefeated teams. And uh, what really just kind of makes that even just a little bit better, because that's already amazing. The Rams sitting at 4-0, last NFC team undefeated. The little cherry on top of that is that the in the Rams division, the Arizona Cardinals sitting at 0-4 are the only winless team in the NFL. And uh, I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm not sad. I don't feel too bad for them. Um, I'm still mad at Bruce Arians for his comments. And um, be, because of that, I'm still mad at the Cardinals. So I don't know what to tell you, Cardinals fans, if they're even listening to me. If you're not, if you're listening to me and you're a Cardinals fan, you should probably find a new podcast, though, to listen to. That's uh, that's on you. Now, you. You did this to yourself. Uh, the Rams have gone three and out just three times in four games. This has been kind of a hot topic with Rams fans right now. Uh, I, I keep on mentioning, though, no one's mentioning this except for me, apparently. Uh, I haven't seen it from anybody else that the Rams' very first drive of the season was a three and out. So since then, they've only gone three and out two times. And that's basically through four full games, considering that one was the first drive of the first game. So pretty cool stuff. That's an incredible stat. Uh, And also to kind of piggyback on that stat, though, because a three and out, I mean, that's, it's, I don't want to say it's a difficult thing to not do, to not go three and out or whatever, because you just need one first down. You're not going three and out. But the Rams are converting for first down on 37.8% of their offensive snaps. That is incredible. I mean, obviously, that is that is best in the league, and I don't think that that's really a surprise. 37.8% of their plays. More than a third of their plays is just a first down. That's incredible. That's absolutely amazing, and that does tie into only going three and out three times through four games. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, NFL Network's Peter Schrager, I feel like you guys know where I'm going with this one, says that Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup might be the best wide receiver trio in NFL history, that they certainly are in the NFL right now, but might be the best of all time. The capper on top of that, and what makes it even more awesome, is that Cooper Cup is with the Rams until 2020, pending a fifth-year option and, of course, an extension. Robert Woods is under contract with the Rams until 2021, and Brandon Cooks is uh, under contract with the Rams until 2023. So these guys are going to be together for at least another two years. If this is the best wide receiver trio in the NFL, and then that's two years after this year, by the way. This is the, So we got two and three quarters of a season with these guys under contract, and Peter Schrager is saying that these are the, this is the best wide receiver trio the NFL has ever seen. Well, we're going to go ahead and hop into this Rams at Seahawks matchup, though. This is the first road division game for the Rams this year as they will head to Seattle. Uh, this is a 1.25 p.m. Los Angeles time kickoff. The game will be on Fox if you are interested to see if you guys will be able to watch this game. Make sure you guys head over to the Rams Showcase Facebook page. I did share the distribution map there. Uh, or you can you can look at it yourself, too. I'm not I don't like cornering the market or anything here. You can just Google like NFL distribution map and go to like, I think it's like 506 sports. Maybe, maybe that's the name of the site. And they, they post all the, all the distribution maps and they update them very regularly when, when anything changes. Uh, but for a quick one, just go ahead and hop over to the Ram Showcase Facebook page, uh, and check it out there. See if you're in the area. The majority, the biggest little slice of that pie that's going to be seeing the, uh, is going to be seeing the, the Eagles game. So, not the biggest area for Rams at Seahawks. Uh, the Rams are favored in this game by seven. Uh, it, the line did open at seven and a half, but has been pretty, sitting pretty steady at seven. Sam Rosen and Rondé Barber will be on the call in Seattle on Sunday. There's a high of 57. It looks like at kickoff will be at about 56 degrees, and at the end of the game will be sitting at about 55. So nothing too crazy, and it doesn't look like rain uh, for this game. So if you guys are going to the game, should be a pretty nice one. Shouldn't be too crazy. It's not going to be overly cold. Maybe you LA guys might think that's overly cold, but, uh, you know, mid fifties, that's pretty solid. I think mid fifties is really comfortable. So, uh, we got that there. Let's, uh, just some notes for you guys. Uh, Cairo Santos is expected to make the start at kicker for the Rams. We had already mentioned that earlier in the show. Michael Kendricks 
linebacker newly acquired of the Seattle Seahawks is suspended indefinitely. That did get announced. His insider trading, uh, that's what, that's what did him in. So Michael Kendrick's not playing for, uh, probably a little while. I'll just say that. And, uh, his overall winnings much, much under what he was making under his NFL contract. So not a good play, Michael Kendrick's. Uh, also, linebacker news for the Seahawks, K.J. Wright will not play in this game, so he is out, and that is big news when you tie it to Kendricks also. Uh, former Rams safety Mo Alexander did sign with the Seattle Seahawks, has spent time with the Seahawks before, uh, and uh, he will be taking over for Earl Thomas, it looks like. Uh, that the, the Legion of Boom is now done. That is it for the Legion of Boom. Earl Thomas was the last remaining member of the Seattle Seahawks LOB and now it is done. So R.I.P. L.O.B. It's been real. It's been has been has been so real. Uh, also, a uh, fun note here: the Seahawks worked out quarterback Paxton Lynch, and I say it like that because this is kind of—I mean, it's kind of a joke in a way. I mean, it's not a joke. This is a real thing that happened. They did work out Paxton Lynch, but I say it like that because uh, I think if there's something, if there's one thing you want to look at to to see if how how the Seahawks season is going, they worked out Paxton Lynch. That's how the Seahawks season is going. All right. Uh, also here in a more serious note, uh, Seahawks owner Paul Allen says that his non-Hodgkin's lymphoma has returned, but that his doctors are optimistic. So, uh, you know, rivalry aside, uh, all of us over here at Sports War Radio uh, definitely got Paul, Paul Allen in our thoughts and, uh, and hoping that he is he is good to go. So I hate to see any kind of anything like that. It's just really rough to see. So um, uh, rivalry aside, for those three hours on Sunday, we will not be uh, not be pulling for any Seahawks. But for Paul Allen, definitely uh, that hope he's going to be okay. Let's take a look at the matchup in this one. We got the Rams defense versus the Seattle Seahawks, uh, or the Rams offense versus the Seattle Seahawks defense. So the Rams first in offense right now. They've been lighting it up and it's been a lot of fun. And if you haven't seen or heard uh, the the first quarter review, then make sure you guys check that out on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast. There is both forms of that. There is a video form of it and just an audio form of it. So so whatever you prefer. If you're driving around, maybe don't go video. All right. I don't want to participate in any any uh, dangerous activities as far as driving goes, don't, don't, don't watch me. Just just listen and, and watch the road. Uh, the Seahawks defense, though, does rank 7th. So not a terrible defense, but the Rams offense is just monstrous. So I think it's going to be tough for them. Uh, passing the football, the Rams are 2nd in the league. The Seahawks defense is 5th. Running the football, the Rams rank 7th. The Seahawks defense ranks 27th. So uh, for you fantasy players out there, I don't think that anybody was considering benching Todd Gurley for this game, but don't, for sure. Don't do that at all. Uh, let me see here. This is the Seahawks offense versus the Rams defense. The Seahawks offense ranks 28th overall. The Rams defense, 9th. Passing the football, the the Seahawks are 29th in the league, and the Rams rank 15th. So middle of the road there. I would like to see that number bumped up a little bit. Uh, that is like the low end of the number uh, spectrum for the Rams and in, in all their rankings is is their 15th against the pass, but they're 4-0. So, I mean, it's okay, really. Uh, and running the football, the Seahawks rank 17th and the Rams defense ranks 5th. I think a big part of this, because the Rams are giving up a very high yards per carry average, I think a big part of this, though, is that teams just don't really have the chance to run on us, especially late in the game. Uh, I, I think, well, I can't remember the number exactly. I think it's like 86 yards a game that the Rams are giving up on the ground. Uh, and that's not just like a player. Yeah, that's the whole team. So Rams doing really awesome against the run right now. And I think the Seahawks are going to have a lot of trouble with that. Uh, some other matchups to watch here. Uh, we got Doug Baldwin and Brandon Marshall versus Marcus Peters, NRC and Sam Shields. Uh, NRC is Nikel Roby Coleman, if you guys are, are, uh, are unfamiliar. Uh, but Marcus Peters, uh, you know, he did look, I, I don't, I don't even know how to word this. He didn't look 100% on Thursday night. I'll put it that way. He did not look 100%. He was giving up catches. He was kind of falling behind a little bit, but he was still out there. And his toughness level, I think we all know that he's a super tough guy. And uh, and he was getting it done, but, you know, he did give up some touchdowns, stuff like that. He had two, what was it? No, it was one touchdown. I know that he just kind of was, he was just not in position and probably could have gotten an interception if he was in position, but he just wasn't. But 
I think that this week with the long break, I think that Marcus Peters will look a lot better this week. And Nikhil Roby's uh, Coleman and Sam Shields, I mean, we know what they've been doing. Uh, but the Rams, again, 15th in the pa- against the pass. So I'd like to see them step up and really just shut that down. Uh, one thing that will help this pass defense, though, is if the Rams can start getting home more against the uh, going against the quarterback. So the Rams did have four sacks against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I'd like to see that again, uh, especially with a very poor offensive line in the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and that's my next matchup is the entire Seahawks offensive line versus the entire Rams defensive line slash pass rush. So, I mean, the Rams defensive line, we know what the defensive line looks like. Ndamukong Sue, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, three studs. The edge rushers, I'm not impressed. I'll just put it out there. I'm really not impressed by these edge rushers. I think that uh, Samson Abukam, he's got a high motor. He's not getting home. And I don't think he's doing enough to get home. You got Matt Longacre. I think that this might be the worst Matt Longacre has ever been in the NFL. And I'm not just trying to take shots here. They're just not getting it done. And there's no soft way to put that. The edge rushers for the Rams are not getting it done. So I would really like to see that really bump up this week and and have those edge rushers come in. Um, in a few weeks, it looks like the Rams could get Obanaya Okoronkwo back. So that'll be a big help, maybe, because he's a rookie and we still haven't seen him on an NFL field yet. So we don't know how he's going to be. Uh, looking back at the history of him and what he did in college, it looks like he's going to probably be an upgrade at the edge rusher position. But uh, uh, if if we're doing if we're doing this now, and I'm doing it, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, Rams go edge rusher in with their first pick, and I'm not even going to say first round because Sean McVay hasn't even had a first round pick since he's been over the Rams coach. So that's almost exciting because like, who are we going to get? Like this guy's probably going to be amazing. So uh, we'll see, but I, that's, I'm already saying it. Edge rusher, first round pick. So that's what the Rams are doing. Or not for their first pick. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, one interesting matchup to watch here that I'm really excited to keep an eye on, and I'm probably going to be watching this matchup more than I'm watching anything else. Andrew Whitworth versus Frank Clark. Frank Clark is, is, is an awesome, uh, pass rusher and we all know what Andrew Whitworth can do. Andrew Whitworth of course had that terrible give up of a, of the sack against the Vikings against Everson Griffin's backup, but you know Frank Clark's a very good pass rusher so I'm I'm interested to see how Andrew Whitworth kind of handles Frank Clark uh, because Clark is strong. He's a he's a strong guy who can bend and get around that corner. So Andrew Whitworth does have his work cut out for him in this game and I'm very excited to watch that one. Uh, with KJ right out, it looks like Austin Calitro will start, but also that means that we're probably going to see a decent amount of uh, Shaquem Griffin, which if you guys don't know his story, first of all, open a book or turn on the internet every once in a while or watch TV even. He's all over TV. He's all over the internet. Uh, his story is incredible. Absolutely. There's no denying his story, but we should sh- see a decent amount of Shaquem Griffin uh, this week. Uh, Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers against the Rams wide receivers. This one, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm overly cocky here, but I do not think that Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers can hang with the Rams wide receivers. The three top guys. So you got Brandon Cooks, you got Robert Woods, and you got Cooper Cup. I don't think any of the, either of these guys can really handle that. Uh, we'll kind of see how it plays out, and I'm sure they'll have their good plays, and I'm sure that they'll they'll do a decent job at, at certain points of the game. But overall, over the over the whole 60 minutes, over the whole course of the four quarters, I think the Rams wide receivers are going to eat this week. Uh, but like I had mentioned before, the the Seahawks defense does rank 27th against the run, so I think we could see a lot of that. I think we're going to see a lot of screens, a lot of short passes, trying to get some some openings going, uh, but. Fifth against the pass for the Seahawks defense. So I think we're going to have to try to get a little bit more creative. Uh, but I just, and I, I guess that kind of sounds weird that I'm saying like these, cor- these corners can't cover the Rams, but they're really good in pass coverage. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. What I'm saying is matchup wise, Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers single, singly do not match up well with the Rams wide receivers. So then that's kind of, that, that is my point. Now, some players to watch for you guys. Uh, Tyler Lockett can take it to the house at any time. He's the kick returner and punt returner for the Seahawks, so that's going to be a tough one. Uh, I think Johnny Hecker probably had the worst game of his career against the Minnesota Vikings, just wasn't really getting the the full boot on it, it felt like. So uh, I, I would like to see Johnny Hecker put some 
put some more pressure on the punt returner, especially in a guy like Tyler Lockett, uh, to limit his ability to return. Uh, Russell Wilson, we know Russell Wilson. We know Russell Wilson real well if you're a Rams fan. Uh, of course, the Rams do kind of sack the crap out of Russell Wilson, but he's a playmaker and he can get it done at any given time. So uh, Russell Wilson is absolutely a player to watch. And then my third one for the Seahawks is Frank Clark. I'm I'm a fan of Frank Clark. Um, you guys can hate me for that all you want to, but I think Frank Clark is an outstanding player. And if the Rams had a chance to get him, I would be over the top excited. I think Frank Clark is awesome. Uh, some players to watch for the Rams. Jojo Natson is expected to make his return this week at kick returner and punt returner. Uh, this dude's shifty. So, I mean, that's going to be a good thing that the Rams third string kick returner is coming back. Uh, obviously having some troubles there as far as the injuries go to the kick returner spot. Todd Gurley, I, obviously, he's a player to watch every week. He's a player to watch when he's at home sitting on his couch eating Doritos. He's just exciting in everything he does. I'm pretty sure that he's just, like, he could have his own reality show where he does absolutely nothing and he just like drives around and he goes and picks up like Chewy Chips Ahoy from the store. And I would be into it. I'd watch the crap out of that. Absolutely. And then Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald kind of, you know, he had his career high in pressures against the Vikings in week four and he got his first two sacks of the season. I think Aaron Donald now has been like unlocked. I, I think that this is going to be where we really see Aaron Donald explode, especially because like I mentioned it before, the Seahawks offensive line is not very good. So I think that this is a very huge opportunity for guys like Aaron Donald to really just kind of explode a little bit on on some uh, Russell Wilson. It's going to be a, not necessarily track meet because, uh, I mean, it's just a quarterback, but he is a mobile guy. So these guys are going to be chasing him down a lot. So uh, short series are going to be very important for the Rams in this game. Let's take a look at the history of this matchup. All time, the Seahawks do lead the series 23-17. So only 17 wins for the Rams against the Seahawks in their in their lifetime. And last five, the Rams are 3-2. and two, So Rams have been kind of handling their business a little bit. And then, of course, there was like the loss last year to the Seahawks. So the Rams really should be 4-1, but they, they're not. They're 3-2. and two. Uh, The most recent game, no, oh, the most recent game. What a fun day that was. December 17th, 2017, it was a 42-7 victory for the Los Angeles Rams. The very first game between these two came on Halloween of 1976. It was a 45-6 win for the Los Angeles Rams. Only one playoff matchup between these two. That was on January 8th of 2005. The Rams did win that one 27-20. And uh, I remember this this one very vividly because I, I had to start the game. I was listening to it because I was driving around. I was only 2005, so I was 14 years old. I'm driving around with my mom, and we I begged her to put the game on the radio so that I could know what was going on until we could get home. And... I just remember being so excited. I'm like banging on the roof of the van. It's, I was going absolutely nuts for this game. Uh, but I remember it so vividly because uh, the, the Rams swept the Seahawks that year and then played them in the playoffs and won again. So three wins in one one season for the Rams against the Seahawks. And uh, that was that was it for me. I was so excited. I was very happy kid <laughs> at that time. A very happy 14-year-old uh, Rams fan. Uh, most or the total points scored, the Seahawks have scored 854 and the Rams have put up 793 against the Seahawks. So Seahawks do have the 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 lead there as well. The longest streak. These ones this is a little jarring almost. The Rams longest streak is 4 games. Uh they did that between 76 and 88 and then again in two between 2003 and 2005. In that 2005 being those three straight wins. The Seahawks longest streak was 10 and after that that playoff loss they started their streak till 2009 that the Rams did not beat them in those four seasons. So rough stretch there, but the Rams have kind of gotten it back, you know? So that's that's good news there. And then, of course, I mean, we know that the 2009 was when that streak ended. So that means Bradford's rookie season there in 2010 is when, when that streak was snapped. And, of course, we snapped it, but then Week 17 lost to them, lost to the division, uh, got second place while the Seahawks went to 7-9, winning the division, and then went on to beat the Saints. It was absolutely insane. Um, but that could have been us, you know what I mean? I'll never forgive Charlie Whitehurst. Uh, two games of this series have gone into overtime. That is all, and the Rams did win both of those. And then just a quick little recap of the standings heading into Week 5. The Rams are 4-0, Seahawks sitting in second place at 2-2. Uh, two two. 
The Niners at 1-3 and three don't expect much more from them this year, especially with C.J. Beathard as their quarterback and the Arizona Cardinals sitting at 0-4. I would be surprised if the Cardinals win three games this year, so I'm not too concerned with them. I think that right now, if you're looking between Rams and Cardinals, I don't think that the Cardinals would even catch the Rams if the Rams didn't win another game this year. Uh, I really just don't see the Cardinals doing a whole lot. San Fran, I think, can maybe get to five or six. Uh, Seahawks are kind of like a little bit of a wild card team, I guess, but like not in not in a playoff sense. Just a wild card team is like you don't know whether they're going to win it week in and win it week out. Uh, but I'm almost starting to feel like the Rams could be the only above 500 team in the NFC West. Uh, this, this division's just really not looking that strong. So, uh, that does it for the matchup. And on the other side of this break, we've got our fan quesos. So don't go anywhere. For the latest news, player updates, and information, go to Elite NFC West. The team at Elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table. With Smitty's live Q&As, you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot, as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West. From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent. Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go-to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all of the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin. And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs. Welcome back to Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. Make sure you guys follow all of the Ram Showcase social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. This program is simulcast on WRPR, Rat Pack Radio. Check out RatPackSports.com for more information and for some other cool shows. They've got a lot of good stuff going on based in Florida. Pretty cool. Pretty cool station there. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into our fan quesos. We don't really have a lot for you guys, so I'm sure uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do some music today. I haven't decided yet. We'll see. I don't, maybe me saying that makes it feel like I should, so maybe I'll do it anyway. So maybe we'll get some music at the end of this episode for you guys. Uh, let's go ahead and start, though. Paul wants to know, uh, update on Zurline. When will he be back, and how big of a loss is it while he's out? So the update on Zerline is that he is close and he is expected to be back pretty soon and could have maybe played this weekend, but the Rams are being a little bit cautious with him and taking it a little slow. That's why Cairo Santos uh, will be in the game for the Rams this week. Cairo Santos, by the way, wearing number three for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but when will he be back and how big of a loss is it while he is out? Uh, I, th- I would say it's a decently big loss. I think it changes the way that you can game plan. You know, if you're at the 35 yard line, and it's now fourth down, when you have Zurline on the sideline, you kick the ball. When you got a guy like Sam Ficken in the game, maybe you don't kick the ball. And that's I, I think that that's really the biggest thing there is is it, it changes how big your it, it changes how big your field goal range is. 
because we know Greg Zerline has an absolute monster of a leg and uh bold prediction here i think within the next two weeks i won't give too much because we are still on ram seahawks weeks uh within the next two weeks i'm gonna go ahead and uh, throw out a bold prediction that greg zerline uh beats the nfl record for uh, longest field goal in nfl history i was gonna put that out there i was shouting it out to the universe real quick Uh, but i think it is a big loss because you know he is a he is an awesome kicker with an uh, with a monster leg he does have his times of inconsistencies, but overall, he's one of the better Rams kickers that we've seen. You know what I mean? Like, the Rams have had some good kickers in, in their day, but, now you know, Lansford, obviously, and then uh, Jeff Wilkins, Rams all-time leading scorer. Uh, Brown was real good. I think Josh Brown was awesome. Um, aside from off-field stuff, I think he was a really good kicker. So, I mean, when will he come back? I'm expecting him next week against the Broncos is when I expect uh, Greg Zerline back. Now, the next one here from Paul, have the Rams had a game this season that, they, that they've that they hit on all cylinders yet? And if not, what hasn't clicked yet? So I would say, I would say yes, there is one game so far that the Rams clicked everywhere and it was absolutely fun to watch and the game was over pretty soon. Uh, that was against the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Rams were clicking all over the place there the first time in that entire game that the Arizona Cardinals offense took a snap on the Rams side of the 50 was at the very, very end. It was like 16 seconds in the game before they passed midfield on the Rams. And then of course the offense putting up 34 on them. I mean, it was just a, it was just a good day for the Rams. And I think that there, there's not really a spot in that game that I would say was a weak spot for the Rams. Of course, at the end there, at the very end, you know, the Rams did look pretty loose and were letting them kind of move the ball, but it was over. The game was far over. They weren't even going to get into field goal range, so it's not necessarily a concern by any means. But that game, I would say that was the one so far uh, that the Rams hit on all cylinders. Because you look at in, in week one, the Rams went into halftime down, you know, so obviously they weren't totally clicking right there. Uh, and then last week against the, the, the Vikings, the, the defense was just struggling. You know, luckily we have the offense that we do because 31 points on this, on this Rams defense, that's a lot of points to give up to one team, especially, you know, on Thursday night football. It's awesome. So, I mean, it was, it's a shootout and it was fun and it was exciting to watch. And the Rams won, which is ultimately what's important, but the defense was just struggling. I feel like most of the day, especially in the air, I mean, you give up 400 passing yards. You, you're not going to walk out of there being like, yes, we did everything we could. You know what I mean? So I think that, and then what was, what was even the other game? That was, that was really going to be my question. Now I'm going to say, yeah, the Seahawks or the, against the Cardinals was the, the one time that the Rams did have everything going together. This next one comes from Jason. Why are teams throwing so efficiently on us, especially since we aren't blitzing mutts? Uh, can you pinpoint a player or two or is it scheme? I don't want to single out necessarily any players uh, specifically, but I do think our corners play really far off, and that gives a uh, that gives the the opponent the ability to hit a lot of stuff underneath, and I think we're okay with that. Ultimately, I mean we're winning games, I and mean, there's always going to be something that you can pick out. Uh, but as long as this isn't losing the Rams games, I'm not really concerned. Don't get beat deep, which is something they did have trouble with against the Vikings. Don't get beat deep and make sure you tackle. And if the Rams keep doing that and keep winning games, I don't see a real concern. But the the Rams corners do have a tendency to play pretty far off. Uh, We know it's no secret that Marcus Peters is a fan of playing off. He does not want to necessarily be at the line of scrimmage with the wide receiver. He likes to play off. He likes to keep the quarterback and wide receiver in his field of view at all times. And then make a make a move on the ball, and that's partly why he's been so successful is because of that technique specifically. So, uh, blitzing I do think is kind of a a piece of it, but I'm gonna say it to, uh, say the same thing that I said last week when I mentioned Jeff Fisher, and I know a lot of people don't like when anybody mentions Jeff Fisher. I'm kind of over it too. I think that the Jeff Fisher jokes I think are are done, and the only reason I'm referencing him here now is because there was a year when he was our coach that the Rams were. Uh, kind of we anticipated a whole bunch of sacks from the Rams and when he was asked about it and the Rams just weren't getting those sacks he was asked about it and he said they're coming 
Like we're getting the pressures. We're getting close. Eventually it's going to happen. It's going to snowball. We're going to be getting a whole bunch of sacks. And that's exactly what happened. And that's what I'm going to say is going to happen this year because the Rams lead the league in pressures. It's only a matter of time before a lot of those pressures are turning into sacks. 35 pressures against the Vikings. Can you imagine if a quarter of those were sacks? It'd be a huge day. Huge day for the Rams. That'd be, that's like, what, like an eight sack day? Something like that? I'm not very, very good at math. I'm decent, okay, <laughs> but maybe it was like seven and a half or something. I don't know. Somewhere around there. But that would have been a huge day to get just a quarter of those sacks. Uh, the next one here comes from MJ. I'm having a hard time picking my new favorite Ram now that Ogletree is a giant. I've narrowed it down to three big receivers. Oh, the three big receivers. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks. But I can't decide on which one is my favorite. What are your thoughts? Also, of the three, which one has the best chance of retiring as a Ram? Solid question here, MJ. I love this question. Uh, it's got everything. It's got my opinion, which is something I love. Uh, it's it's about you, which is cool. And it also asks, it goes deeper into in, in the retiring part is was what I really like. This is like what I imagined my fan cases would look like. If I'm going to be completely honest, this is like the, if I had to use an example of what my fan quesos are, should be, or not necessarily should be, because I, uh, most of these questions are pretty good, but of what I imagined it would be, this is exactly it, MJ. So thank you for this question. First of all, let's go ahead and start here on it. You're having a difficult time picking a favorite Ram. This is kind of how I did it. I was watching the game because after uh janoris jenkins left the rams he was my favorite ram for a really long time when well a really long time um when he left i, I just had no idea who was my favorite was like i i don't know and i just kind of kept watching games and some of the plays that mark Barron was making that kind of just caught my attention and that ultimately led to me just being a huge mark Barron fan and probably like the only Rams fan who's like, Mark Barron is my favorite Rams player. I don't know anybody else that's like, dude, Mark Barron, heck yeah. But it's also funny because now it's like a joke in like some Facebook groups and stuff uh, that uh, that I'm just a huge fanboy for, for Mark Barron. And I'm okay with that. You guys can make all your jokes you want. I think Mark Barron's awesome. And when he comes in and leads the team in, sat or in tackles this week, y'all can just keep making your jokes and I'll just keep uh, being a fan. So you're, you're in Georgia, MJ. Uh, I don't believe any of these guys have ties to Georgia, so that's why I want to say Todd Gurley, but that's a little too easy. Todd Gurley, that's an easy favorite Ram. Most people's favorite Ram is Todd Gurley. Non-Rams fans love Todd Gurley, so it's it's too easy. So I'll give you that. I'll, I'll, I will I'll give you that you didn't just go for the easy pick there, because you're, you're in Georgia and you're a Bulldogs fan. Who's going to win the national championship? And... I like that you go with the wide receivers. I typically go for corners. That's I'm a big fan of corners. Marcus Peters is becoming one of my favorite Rams for sure. That that touchdown he had against the Raiders, I was like, okay, I love this guy. He's awesome. So uh, you went with the wide receivers, so I'll, we'll, we'll go with that. So Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks. I think Cooks is awesome, uh, but I think that one, again, might be too easy. A lot of people love Cooks. I'm going to say you should go with Cup. I think Cooper Cup is awesome. I think he is... He's one of those guys who's always going to fight, and I and I love that that aspect of him. And he's really good at football, so I would say that also. Um, let me see. I don't know if I I would I'll give you a defensive player too, and I think that you should just randomly be a, the biggest John Johnson fan in the universe, and also Cooper Cup. I'm a big John Johnson fan myself, so maybe I'm, maybe maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe Nikel will be Coleman too, but, but on the offensive side, I would say I would say Cooper Cup. You should get yourself a Cup jersey and just kind of ride it out. And I think this guy's going to be with us for a long time under under contract until twenty twenty. So you got two more years of having some uh, Cup action and probably more. Hopefully more because I think Cooper Cup's awesome. So hopefully more. Uh, of the three, who would I say has the best chance of retiring as a Ram? I'm going to go ahead and go with Brandon Cooks. Uh, and that's simply because he bounced around as a first round pick, bounced around giving like being traded for first round picks. So people know he's good. The 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 Saints knew he was good because they took him with a first round pick. The Patriots knew he was good because they traded a first round pick for him. And the Rams knew he was good because they traded a first round pick for him and then extended him. 
So I think Brandon Cooks is going to be in a position where he just wants to stay in one place. He just wants to be with a team for a while. So I would say all these guys are pretty young. So that's, I mean, that's huge there. Uh, but I would say Brandon Cooks simply because I feel like when it's time to renegotiate anything like that, he might just be like, you know what? I don't want to move. I don't want to keep doing this. I just want to stay here. And for I just want to stay here forever in Los Angeles. So I think I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks on that one. Uh, MJ wants to know who's the best team in the AFC. I, you know, it's hard to go against a team that's undefeated. Um, a lot of people like to point to the fact that the Chiefs defense is really terrible, and it is. I think the Rams are going to light them up on in Mexico on Monday Night Football. I think it's going to be awesome in Week 11, but I, I think their offensive attack is, is insane. You know, they've got weapons all over the place, so I would say that they are definitely a team that you have to look for in the AFC. Uh, Denver is a very difficult place to play, and we Rams fans are going to see that in like a week and a half. It's a tough place to play. It gets very loud. This time of year, it gets cold at night, so the second that sun sun's gone, it's cold. And when you're in that thin of air in the cold, you get winded walking. When I say you, I mean me. I get winded walking, and I'm not an athlete by any means. I think everybody kind of can get that, but... You know, it, it's difficult to do something that requires that much physicalness and in the cold, thin air. It's it's hard. When you play down in Denver, I say down in Denver, my elevation is a little bit higher than Denver. When you play up in Denver, a mile high, uh, it it is tough. It is very tough. So uh, you add that with the fact that those fans are absolutely insane. I got stuff thrown at me during a preseason game. That's kind of beside the fact. They get so loud. 2010, that game, uh, I was there. I was there with my sister watching that one. The the crowd started leaving because the Rams were up, I think it was like 13 to 33. So the crowd started kind of dissipating. And I was I told my sister, I'm not leaving. I don't care what happens here from here on out. The, the Broncos could score like 500 points. I'm not leaving. I don't care. Uh, I got to watch my team. So this is happening, and the, the Rams get the ball back up by three because the, the, the Broncos had come back. It's 36-33, and they run the ball three times. But that crowd at about half capacity was the loudest thing I've ever experienced in my life. So if they're there, and it's cold, and it sucks, and it's like the air is thin, and they're on their feet, the stadium shakes, you can't think, you can't even like cup your ear you cup your hands over somebody's ear and talk to them that's how loud it gets there it's going to be insane so um i I went into a whole thing here about the broncos stadium but that's why i'm going to say the chiefs because not only did they go into that stadium and win uh but it's it's tough to win there and and i'll give it to them i'll I'll hand it to them that was that's a tough win they they fought hard and i i'm gonna go ahead and say that uh that the chiefs are the best team in the afc right now there's a long way around that answer huh uh, MJ, uh, next question here. With the first quarter of the, season, of the season gone, which rookie would you go back to the draft and have the Rams make a move for? He also mentioned that uh, <laughs> you would go with Roquan Smith, the UGA fan there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my dude. When we were on the clock and we we when we took Note Boom, there was a player I wanted way more than Note Boom, and that was Alex Kappa. I loved Alex Kappa. The Bucks took him after the Rams took no boom, so I was a little upset by that. Uh, I would go for him. If we're going to go back and look at like other guys and like like first-round guys, I would go with Roquan Smith. If the Rams could have a shot at him, I would absolutely go with that because the Rams do need an edge rusher, and Roquan Smith is awesome. But also, probably Bradley Chubb. I mean, that guy, he puts in work for the Broncos. That kid's a good, good player there. Uh, next one from MJ. I feel kind of bad for Sam Ficken, but what are your thoughts of bringing in Cairo? Uh, you know what? I do too. Uh, and I, I really, I almost, I don't want to say I pride myself, but I kind of have gotten to a point where I now don't get attached to players. Uh, you know, players come and go and it sucks sometimes. It sucks to see Steven Jackson in a New Jersey. You know, it sucks to see Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, uh, all these guys that we loved Seeing them in, in other jerseys, it really sucks. Um, being that I dealt with that, <laughs> I decided that, you know, it was like, it's not about the players. It's not about the individual players. It's about just whoever's on here now 
I root for him or whatever. But Sam Ficken, I mean, he missed that field goal. He was, like, so upset with himself. He was like a dog that did something that he knew he shouldn't have, but he did it anyway, and he's just so disappointed in himself. Like, anything you say to him wouldn't compare to what he was saying to himself kind of thing. And so for that, I do kind of feel bad. I mean, Ficken, he didn't really play bad for the Rams uh, last year. So it was kind of unfortunate, but he was one for three. So uh, bringing in... Uh, Cairo Santos, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad move by any means. I don't think it's necessarily a strong move either. It's just one of those temporary moves, which I guess I kind of just don't see the point of. Because if it is just going to be for one game, why not just keep Fick in for one more week and then let uh, Jeezy come back? But uh, I think that the move for Cairo might mean that it could be a couple weeks. But I'm hoping and expecting uh, Greg Zerline to be back for the Bronco game. Let's see here. The last two here from, come from Robert. Robert wants to know, would Kevin Durant make a good wide receiver? Solid question, man. Solid question. And uh, I don't know. First of all, I have no idea if he'd make a good wide receiver. Uh, I'm assuming that he would be pretty decent. I would like to think that it'd be maybe be like an Antonio Gates situation where he just comes in and dominates and uses that like box out skill to, to close out the defenders and catch the football for some touchdowns. Uh, and he's huge. So, I mean, I don't think, I think he might be awesome wide receiver. But isn't he kind of old? I, that's my only question. I don't really watch the NBA. I don't really care for it. No, personally, I'm not really an NBA fan. I think it's too too star-driven. You can't really get those teams that just play super awesome together, and they're all these guys of no names, and they just make this incredible run and win it all. It just doesn't happen in the NBA. It's all just stars, and you know you have to have one of like the top five to even be relevant. And uh, maybe I'm bitter because I'm a Nuggets fan. All right, just leave it alone. Leave me alone, Robert. Uh, last one here from Robert. Uh, when can we expect Oboe to play? Oboe Okoronkwo is, uh, he is on the PUP, so he cannot return until at least week six to practice. Uh, once he does come back to practice after week six, which is after the Bronco game, then uh, the Rams do have uh, three weeks to either put him on IR, cut him, or play him. Those, those are your options at that point, or put them on well the active roster, because the PUP players don't count towards the 53, uh, but, you know, I, I think that with with Okoronkwo and the way that his, his kind of injury has been, I would say that we could probably see him like week eight, week nine uh, in that time frame for sure. I, I, I think that he'll come back and he'll practice for about one or two weeks before we actually throw him in. Uh, but I think Oboe might be the uh, the answer at pass rush that the Rams need, that edge rush. I'm hoping, at least, you know, as, as that's all we can really do is hope. But, you know, how exciting would that be for, for the Rams' weak spot to be edge rusher? And then this guy who's been on the physically unable to perform list just comes in and is like an absolute monster and destroys. And then he's like awesome at that position. And then the Rams just have no weaknesses. I'd be okay with that. You guys would be cool with that? All right, that is going to do it for me. That that does it for my fan quesos. Make sure you guys follow all of the Ram Showcase social media and myself as well. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. You can follow me at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. Search Joe Branham and you can find me and just add me as a Facebook friend. I've noticed a huge influx in Rams fans requesting me and I love it. So keep them coming. If you have a Rams profile picture, chances are I'm going to accept you. Uh, but if you don't, I usually would just let it sit there. So if you are noticing that I'm not accepting your friend request and you want to be my friend, uh, send me a message and let me know that you are not a fake profile and that you want to be my friend and talk about the random. Because I'm okay with that. You can do that for sure. I have people that do that. Oh, and uh, what was it? Who was it? I believe it's... Is it you, MJ? Is it you? Hold on one second here. Everybody just, just hold your horses. I need to do this real fast. I'm yes, it is. I knew it, MJ. I knew it. I knew it, MJ. So I hope you're still listening. I hope you didn't just hear your answers and, and dip out because, uh, MJ, I wanted to wish you a huge happy birthday, man. I know it's Friday. Uh, thanks to Facebook. <laughs> and uh, I hope you have an awesome, awesome birthday weekend. And hopefully hopefully the Rams give you a big old dub for your uh, present. All right. Uh, but that's going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This is Rams Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, I thought some prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. 
And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 